0: This this, show is brought to you by Safety
1: FM. And hello, everybody, for Monday, February 6th, 2023. For some reason, we were not on the air for 12 minutes or 13 minutes, by my count. I don't know what happened. I'm talking into a microphone and nothing's coming over. I apologize to all of you out there. So this is going to be a truncated program about 45 minutes. Me talking into the microphone for 12 minutes was not working. I apologize. Anyway, a lot of stuff going on here. I had uh, some family issues and some illness in the family last week, uh, so I could not be on the air on Friday. So, and I couldn't do a makeup program on Saturday, so I apologize again to everybody out there. So, uh, we had a couple of comments here from some listeners, and this is basically it. Boy, I'm uh, Jim Polzel, your host. And a couple of the comments are this. Why do you keep on talking about manipulation? That seems to be an ongoing theme here. You're talking about maybe alternative thing. Uh, uh, Okay, great. Good, valid question. And I want to address that right up front with everybody. Do you folks realize that are into human and organizational performance? Realize what a different way of thinking that is? In covering that, and everything on this network, whether you hop right, whether it's my program, Jay Allen's program, Todd Conklin's program, uh, any of the number of other hosts, I'll give them all a shout out, all right? All right. Alan Warford, uh, Diary of a Wall Man, uh, the Hop Nerd, Sam Goodman, uh, Sheldon Premise, right, the safety consultant. and just name a few, and there are uh, Emily Elrod and all the other people involved in hop and now here and everything, do you realize that you're like the alternative? You're like the rebels. We're like the rebels of the safety industry. I still get the answer today, and I get this all the time. I've been dealing with a lot of construction companies the last couple of years. They're like, This is, and I'm applying it to construction, which a lot of people say, well, I don't understand how you could apply any of that to construction. I'm applying it to construction and everything. And they're like, wow, this is a totally, wow, different way of thinking. We've never seen this before. You're listening to us. You're trying to help us. You're not out to get us. I actually had a uh, employee come, a shop steward come up to me last week. uh, Just, you know, they, uh, project that I, one of the projects I audit, had a, uh, a new employee. They have enough employees to have a shop steward now. So he came on, oh, well, what's the discipline and policy? First question out of his mouth. And I'm like, we haven't really had to use the discipline policy. Well, what do you mean? Don't you have violations? Well, we don't really have violations. You just have a better way of doing things. We try to work with people. We try not to go against people. We try not to make a big deal over de minimis things that aren't, you know, with things. We try to coach people. We try to help people. We get the right equipment. We do training here. We do everything else here. We haven't had to discipline anybody because there's really, that's not our first thing. Can we, adi- yeah, we could do some We can do this. We can do that. Some people prefer we start throwing people off the job. And that's not what we're about here, right? We try to work with people. And he was like, you're kidding me. So I started talking about Intro to Hop, what some of the other companies are doing out there, right? I said, look, if I come out here acting like a maniac, screaming and yelling, like apparently you're used to, uh, antagonizing people, making fun of people, bullying people... I don't think we're going to be successful in this project. And any of my designees are going to be successful here. We're here to work together and get this job done on time within budget. And hopefully with the same people that started it, even though we broke that rule already with that. Completely mind blowing, completely different way of thinking. Now, we're dealing with this also, right? And the news that we're doing. One of them is with global climate change. Now you're going to say, Jim, what do you know about global climate change? I know a lot, all right? I've been following the debate since I'm 16 years old and actually 15 years old in 1986, all right? Uh, I believe it was, yeah, sophomore year, high school. In 85, right? 85. Yeah, so I was 15 years old dealing with this. Now that I think of it, maybe, yeah, maybe in the 80s. Okay, I was 15. I'm 52 now. I've been watching this debate from day one. Done a lot of research on it. Did a lot of research on this in graduate school and in regular, uh, in uh, undergrad school and since and as everyone knows I was involved in debates and everything else in the big picture policy arena for many years when I was involved in politics all right there are a lot of there are a lot of opposing points of view that are scientifically valid with this issue i'm going to present them when appropriate and when it's not from a political bent, it's gonna happen every time. All right? What we're missing today in all of this stuff, whether it's human organizational performance, whether it's in global warming, whether it's in any other myriad of issues in our society, is manipulation. We're being manipulated by both sides of every debate and trying to get to the truth is difficult at times In our own industry, health and safety. You go and you look at any of the major books from people on this network. I'm not going to point out just, there is a number of them, number of books out there, number of resources, A number of uh, uh, seminars. One coming up second week of March, I believe it is. All right. First full week of March in Santa Fe, uh, New Mexico. Anyway, you look at all this stuff. And what do we find out? The Heinrich pyramid, uh, the Axon Triangle. That well, we've been been crammed down our throat, what well, we've been beating people up with my entire career, and it goes well before that, blaming the worker and everything else. Very difficult to come up with a scientific basis for that. That's an alternative view that we hold here. Do I teach that? Yeah, I do, because half of the organi- more than half, 90% of the organizations I'm on, I work with, are still on that. We're changing them, they're learning. And everything else, we're changing that. You pick another one, pick any issue on here. and We could do that to any issue, as long as we have valid, scientific, and we're not dealing with crazies out there. and We know who they are on both sides of any issue. We're going to be dealing with them. Same thing with demographic issues. That's a major interest for me. And we're going to talk about things that are interesting to me because I try to make it interesting for you. Demographic issues, demographic issues, big issue throughout our entire country, throughout this entire world, big issue, pollution, endangered species, all of those things are important. Those are all part of what we're about here is to apply logic and reason to what we see out there in the world. To uh, put a rationale towards things. That's what I'm about here. Question everything. I question everything. And for years, how, how did I start out on this? I, I guess now's as good a time as any. 30 years ago, this spring sometime, I was taking a course, an uh, air quality course, 1992 spring, by a college professor that taught us how to evaluate research. I used that model on how to evaluate research on everything I do. And I questioned everything after that. Because I, what I found out was the uh, scientific articles I was reading, the sources I was reading in the popular press, the sources that we were reading, seeing on TV, no internet in those days. We had chat rooms on a mainframe in some colleges, right? That were only open to a couple of people, right? We had, and I found out there was a lot of stuff out there that I was being, that was not true. That was absolutely not true. So I went on a journey over the next couple of years, to try to figure out what was true and not true. I questioned everything. It was a mind-blowing experience for me, life-changing that continues to this day. And what eventually happened was I had to unlearn all these negative behaviors I had inherited. I had to unlearn this anti-intellectual thing that I inherited. I had to apply for lack of a better word, the logic of Mr. Spock to everything and try to rationalize everything but still have empathy. And this is what the journey that I've been on today. That's what my life's journey is and that's what I try to spread to other people. Logic, reason, and when I can, faith and hope. What's my belief? And it's our belief here at Safety FM I would I'm proud to say this here, and I believe everyone can probably agree with me if they don't. Okay, then don't agree with me. Call me out on it. That tomorrow is going to be better than today. Our best days are ahead of us, but we're going to go there together. And that's my opening monologue for this week. All right, and we're going to go into some of that stuff now.
0: Now, of course, I hit the wrong button. with a powerful force of knowledge and support.
1: Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Pozel at 845 269 5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. So, following up from a $500 and some $1,000 citation on a company last month, Region 2 has followed up, Of OSHA has followed up with a six hundred. An $87,000 plus proposed penalty for a company, local company here. So local, it's in Nanuet, New York, which is on the other side of town from me. Incredible. So I'll just read, uh, and as I'll point out, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and sometimes, and these uh, things are often litigated, vacated or negotiated downward. Two roofing, this is from Hohokus, New Jersey. Two roofing workers dead. Victims of preventable workplace falls in New York, both in the month of February. First in February 2019 in Kamisha Lake, which is on the other side of town for me. The second one in Spring Valley, which is where I used to live about f- six miles from here seven federal workplace safety violations in the last four years that identified 33 violations, none of them willful failures to provide required fall protection, and yet the U.S. DOL found ALJ Home Improvement Incorporated of Nanuet, New York, again exposing its employees to potentially deadly harm in August 2022, just six months after an unprotected employee's fatal flaw. When an inspector with the department's OSHA Uh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration arrived at a Hohokus work site. He observed three employees on a roof 18 feet above the ground without required fall protection. The company was contacted to remove an existing roof and reinstall shingles on a single-family residence skull structure. I'm just reading right off of the OSHA webpage here. So... Uh, the company repeatedly refuses to comply with OSHA standards and make workers' safety a priority, choosing instead to put profit over the lives of its employees. The reality is that a safe workplace is actually a more profitable workplace. For its later, uh, latest infractions, OSHA cited the company with eight violations, four willful and four serious and proposed penalty for lack of fall and head protection and violations of multiple standards. The inspection is part of OSHA's local emphasis program. So I went and I did an establishment search off of OSHA here. And here we have... uh, We have one, two, three four five six seven now this is the eighth problem with OSHA all right so this is the eighth issue with OSHA right hold on let me count because this you got to read these very closely seventh or eighth depending on how you want to count six or seven depending on who. now, what I have noticed, based on the other inspection from last month from another new from another contractor in this basically the same neighborhood as this contractor, is that when you start to get up to like six or seven, the next one they're really you're going to have a problem. So all of these uh, ones previously here we have one for uh, the, the the initial. Uh, and that's been contested from uh, 2021. Uh, the, 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 another one from 2021 contested. Another one from 2021 contested. One from 2019 as a formal settlement of some sort. Uh, a real de minimis penalty looks like my rough math around 10 grand and another one for the fatality uh yeah that one was about 10 grand another one all of these are contested but the initial one from 2019 according to the website is at about uh do do. 10 grand, they were thinking de minimis, de minimis, de minimis, de minimis, all of these are, and we'll contest them, we'll contest them, we'll contest them. The proposed penalties, you know, some of them are like 100,000 on some of these, right? So what's my point? These are relatively de minimis penalties for a very, for a very uh, serious, you no know, two fatalities. Very de minimis, all right? So what do you think happened to the company? My opinion here, my read on this. The company probably thought that, hey, you know, well, these de minimis penalties, what do I care? My profit margin, part of doing business. Then they got up to like six, Continued allegedly continued to uh, 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 do this, right? And now they're whacked. So what we're going to do is we're gonna th- going to go over to Facebook right after the program. And I'm going to send this on over to our county executive. And maybe we can get a comment on from him. So really, I don't know what to say on this one. There are some other news releases, not as... Uh, uh, No, seriously, yeah, but, you know, we're going to go over to our main story for today, uh, which is the earthquake. We've had two earthquakes here in, uh, of note, right? Uh, One is a local, 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 up by uh, Niagara Falls in Buffalo, right? Uh, I think, yeah, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, yeah. Uh, 3.8 magnitude in Erie uh right in Erie County. Uh minimal damage. We're gonna go into some of what that means. But I had to deal with today uh in uh Turkey and Syria. I am currently on a project with uh folks uh, who are from uh, so I'm working with a Turkish company on a project. Uh very safe company, by the way, and half the company was out there on the phones, all shaken up today. It reminded me of nine eleven, right? That 9/11, 2001, where we had coworkers feverishly making phone calls to friends and family members in New York City and in Washington D.C. Uh, in that, looking, making sure that they're alive. Making sure that they're okay. We had people visibly shaken by this. And uh, this ain't about me, right? I'm upset anytime this happens, these major disasters. This ain't about me. I don't know anybody from Turkey here, but I have people who uh, I work with now that are uh, dealing with people in Turkey. Fit uh, friends and family members. So, so far, so good. They were able to locate them, but they said this is what the problem is. The ones that were not hurt in this, that were able to survive, what now? Now you have a major humanitarian problem. We have 3,500 uh, people confirmed dead, and the number is going to go high. They were showing me uh, video from Turkish news outlets, flyovers, drone footage, whole areas completely leveled. And by the way, uh, you know, what they, uh, I'm not going to go into that. We're going to get people into trouble on that one. Uh, but the question is this. As always, you can't, you know, as of yet, now, there is no scientifically accepted way, I'll put it to you that way, of predicting earthquakes. There are some people with theories who claim ex post facto, that's after the effect, after the fact. Uh, earthquakes uh, and they're able to predict them, but there's no reliable way. So what are you left with? You have a lot of times local governments, uh, especially in some of the countries where this uh, broadcast is heard, where they have not been up to date with their building codes, things of that nature. And even in this country, domestic preparedness for earthquakes, an earthquake prone region, like the West coast, from the United States, Alaska, uh, even Hawaii, I believe, the Pacific Rim, right, the Rim of Fire, uh, they have preparedness, right, They're pretty good preparedness uh, things, especially after, let's say, the historic San Francisco earthquake, uh, Mount St. Helens, volcanic eruptions, uh, which were preceded by some earthquakes from memory serves me right, the Northridge earthquake, in California, early 1990s, and all the major things. We're pretty, Now we got that pretty, you know, pretty well with building codes. I know that the professional engineering uh, uh, license and credential on the West Coast includes seismic uh, type details, seismic uh, designs, things of that nature, everything, the seismic engineering. I don't know what the appropriate thing is. So we're pretty good here. But what if you're faced with a disaster that maybe your local government may not have the capacity to respond to. What do you do? Right now, we have 95 days. I didn't mention that. I think it's 95 days May 11th, the end of the official end of the COVID uh, emergency in uh, the United States. We didn't have the capacity really to respond to that. So what do we have? Uh, and we covered that well on all on this show and on the podcast. So what do we do if we're not able to respond? What does that mean? That means that goes on us to be prepared. So terror earthquakes in Turkey and everything else. And again, this is not, and in this country, this is not to shame the victims. It never is to shame the victims. This is about preparation. This is about a moment of high impact, the mohai, as some people call them a moment of high impact where we're able to maybe remind people they need to be prepared. So first thing we're going to do is talk about earthquakes, right? So basically, I'm going to start out with this. What is an earthquake? You can follow along. You could Google them. This is according to USGS.gov, United States uh, Geological Survey. Right. This is an article by Lisa Wald for the Green Frog News. I don't know what that is. The science of earthquakes. It's posted on the USGS.gov. Right. An earthquake is what happens when two blocks of earth suddenly slip and pass one another. The surface where they slip is called the fault or fault plane. The location below the earth's surface where the earthquake starts is called the hypocenter. The location directly above it on the surface of the earth is called the epicenter. Sometimes an earthquake has foreshocks that are smaller earthquakes that happen in the same place as the larger earthquake that follows. Scientists cannot tell that an earthquake is a foreshock until the larger earthquake happens. The larger, so it's ex post facto, after the fact. Main, and this is where people are trying to develop models on trying to get, I'm saying this, not the article, where they're trying to make prediction models for this. There is, and there are people out there that are, are doing this. They're trying to say that maybe the moon has something to do with it, with the tidal rain, shift and, you know, with the tides related to the tides, things of that nature. I don't know if they're valid or pseudoscience or whatever, but this is where people are trying to go. They're trying to predict the four shocks and then, okay, major earthquake. The main earthquake is called the main shock. The largest main earthquake is called the main shock. Main shocks always have aftershocks. These are smaller earthquakes that occur afterwards in the same place as the main shock. Depending on the size of the main shock, aftershocks can continue for weeks, months, or even years after the main shock. What causes earthquakes and what do they do? So, the Earth has four major layers. The inner core, outer core, mantle, and crust. The crust at the top of the mantle make up a thin skin on the surface of the planet. But this skin is not all one piece. It's made up of many pieces covering the surface of the Earth. Not only that, like plate tectonics, you may uh, recall. Not Not only that, but these puzzle pieces keep slowly moving around, sliding past one another, bumping into each other. We call these puzzle pieces tectonic plates, and the edges of these plates are called plate boundaries. The plate boundaries are made up of many faults, and most of the earthquakes around the world occur on these faults. Since the edges of the plates are rough, they get stuck while, at rest, while the rest of the plate keeps moving. Finally, when the plate has moved far enough, the edges unstick, and one of the faults slips, and there is an earthquake. Okay, and that's basically what an earthquake is. Now, earthquakes are measured in what is called the Richter scale. And what is the Richter, Richter scale is named after a guy named uh, the, the Charles Richter in 1935. And he had come up with this scale. And by the way, it is logarithmic. So every movement, whole number of move, increment in the scale moves up by 10. All right? I think I remember that from... Math? I don't know. Thankfully, my CSV did not have a lot of math questions on it. It had its share, but they weren't logarithms, right? So the Richter scale, also called the Richter magnitude scale, a Richter's magnitude scale, and Gutenberg-Richter scale, is a measure of the strength of earthquakes. The uh, right. So, I won't go into the details, but this is what it is. What we exper- I've been in. I've noticed two earthquakes. Uh, I've, uh, according to my parents, they've noticed about four earthquakes uh, in uh, in my lifetime, last fifty years, in the New York and New Jersey area. The one that I've experienced was uh, on in October two thousand twenty-one when I was doing the anthrax cleanups in Thirty Rockefeller Center. It might have been November, but October November, and. Uh, we had thought a plane another plane had hit the building. So we, I evacuated the building by my crew until we made sure there was not a building. There was no problem. Then we went back to work. But uh, it was something like a 2 uh, 2.8, something like that. I also uh, had another earthquake experience uh, when I was in California. My boss says, Jimmy, why don't you go out and look at uh, see where the fault line is? I looked on the uh, California and the USGS maps. And I said, well, you see that mountain over there? She said, yeah, you see that mountain over there? She said, yeah. I said, you see how the, uh, there, they look a little bit funky. One is like that. Yeah. Well, that's where the fault line is. She said, oh, I guess we're on the fault line. Yep. Minor earthquake. And by the way, late last year, that fault had a little bit of a major earthquake, a light earthquake, like a four on the Richter scale. So, a 1 to a 1.9, remember logarithms do not start at 0, right? 1 to 1.9 a micro earthquakes not felt or rarely fall, felt, recorded in a seismograph. There are millions of them every year. You have 2 to 2.9, you feel them slightly, no damage, right? A around a little, that's what we've, yeah, yeah it shaked a little bit, right? And you have 3 to 3.9, it's often felt by people, right? It's maybe some animals freak out, that I know. That right, right or so some animals freak out. Often felt by people, but very rarely causes damage. Shaking of indoor objects to be noticeable. There are a couple of churches in my neighborhood of New Jersey, Middlesex County, that had uh, that had uh, 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 churches that were actually damaged by earthquakes after they were damaged by explosions. Uh, Ammunition explosions during World War II, things of that nature, but earthquakes finally really damaged them. Then you have four to four point nine. You have noticeable shakings of indoor objects and rattling noises, right? Felt by most people in the affected area. Uh, Slight felt, uh, slightly felt outside. Generally causes zero to minimal damage. So the previous one, like a three point eight, up in Buffalo, yeah, it's noticed a little bit. This one, four point nine. Right, you four to four point nine. You start feeling it causes some damages. There's like ten to fifteen thousand of those per year. Then you have a five to five point nine, which is moderate damage. It causes damage varying from severe severity from poor to poorly constructed buildings, zero to slight damage on all other buildings. It's felt by everybody. There's about one thousand to fifteen hundred per year. Then you have six to six point nine. Now you're starting to get into it. You're getting damage to moderate number of well-built structures. Earthquake, pardon me, earthquake-resistant structures survive with slight to moderate damage. Poorly designed structures receive moderate to severe damage felt in wider areas up to hundreds of kilometers from the epicenter, strong to violent shaking in the epicentral area. So there's about 100 to 150 of those. Right? Then you have 7 to... 7.9, 7.9, all right? That's when you start to get into the big ones here. So, just to refresh my memory, how much were the earthquakes today? The earthquakes today, do-do-do, were 7.8, and uh, right? And then followed later by a powerful aftershock. So, 7.8... And then it was seven point nine, the aftershock. Wow! So now we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're talking a major earthquake causes major da- causes damage to most buildings. Some partially or completely collapse or receive severe damage. Well designed structures are likely to receive damage. Felt across great damage distances with very with major damage mostly limited to two hundred and fifty kilometers from the epicenter. So you're thinking, now, this is what surprises me. 10 to 20 per year, that's a lot. Now, this area, reportedly, from what I recall, has a lot of earthquakes. Then you have 8 to 8.9, which is major damage to buildings. Structures likely to be destroyed will cause moderate to heavy damage to sturdy or earthquake-resistant buildings, damaging in large areas felt in extremely large regions one per year and nine or greater at or near total destruction. There's one per every 10 to 50 years. So that's the basics for earthquakes. what this, and we always hear Richter scales, but nobody explains what the hell this are, what the hell these things are, you know, you know, it's nutty in a way. So what do I notice is that my phone is blowing up, right? With, uh, well, you know, you got to, you know, donate to me, donate to me, donate to me. I'm going to caution you to donate to anybody with, uh, for this until it's a legitimate charity. Now, the other thing is this, the American, uh, American, British, and other countries are already sending people. I think America is sending uh, the first wave, right? These are like the emergency responders, about 100 people over there initially. There'll be more. Uh, Britain is about the same number of people. They're sending more. Uh, And we want to say, if you can, if you believe in prayer, uh, please go and pray for these people in uh, Turkey. Pray for the the survivors. Pray for the responders. Pray that this uh, doesn't uh, uh, make, uh, cause another Issue like a pandemic, massive illness, anything like that. Now, what can we do? We're immediate to us. What you need to do is go out there and say, how am I going to prepare? How am I going to prepare myself for when a disaster happens? Again, this is another one of our themes. Like calling out the baloney out there that we see and call it a news bias manipulation and things of that nature. This is also part of the same theme. What are, now your community may not now earthquakes are pretty good in this country. We were very good in the United States. As I mentioned, I believe earlier, uh, I think it was during the, uh, during the, uh, during the, uh, uh, you know, our uh, technical difficulties earlier, but we we're, we do a pretty good job. We have engineers here. I mean, you can't get a, uh, my understanding is you can't get a PE, professional engineering uh, credential, anywhere in California, Oregon, uh, Washington, or Alaska. And it might be Hawaii. I'm not sure on Hawaii, unless you have a seismic, uh, right? They include seismology in there, right? Study of earthquakes. So, we're, we and in other areas where they're building things and new buildings are up to code and everything. Okay, but what about you live in a hokey place where they don't enforce codes? That happens. All right, so I'm going to read off a of ready.gov here what they're recommending. All right, well, it's one practice drop, cover, and hold with family and coworkers. Make an emergency plan, as always, make an emergency plan. If it's available, obtain earthquake insurance. If it's available, I don't know. I'm not an insurance person. Consider making improvements to your building to fix structural issues that could cause your building to collapse during an earthquake. So, uh, that's, no, consider, no, so if you see structural, no, get them fixed. So, if an earthquake happens, protect yourself right away. If you are in a car, Pull over and stop. I would hopefully think in a safe area, right? Set your parking brake. If you are in bed, turn face down and cover your head and neck with a pillow. If you are indoors, stay outdoors away from buildings. If you are inside, stay and do. Do not run outside. Avoid driveways. Protect yourself. Drop, cover, and hold. Drop or lock, whether... Where, wherever you are, drop down to your hands and knees and hold on to something sturdy. If you're using a wheelchair or walker with a seat, make sure your wheels are locked and remain seated until the shaking stops. Hole 2. Cover. Cover your head and neck with your arms. If a sturdy table or desk is nearby. Crawl. Underneath it for shelter. If no shelter is nearby, crawl next to an interior wall away from windows. Crawl only if you can reach better cover without going through an area with more debris. Stay on your knees, bent over to protect vital organs. Hold on. If you're under a table or desk, hold on with one hand and be ready to move with it if it moves. If seated and unable to drop to the floor... Then forward, cover your head with your arms and hold onto your neck with both sides. And they have all different types of things here for disabled people, but the idea is, is to cover your head and neck, right? And the rest of your body if you can. Now, something I want to always, I, this is not meant to be humor, this is very serious, we got a lot of people dead here with this. A lot of people killed, a lot of people, a lot of heartache. But... Uh, let's say you're in a hotel and away from home right you're traveling to an area you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to uh, uh, you're gonna have to go out and find hey I'm in a earthquake area I'm in a flood area. I'm in a earth well how am I going to do this how am I going to get out of there especially if you're frequent uh, uh, hotels uh, motels, things of that nature. So you got to think about where you're going elsewhere. There was another story I was going to share with you. I'm not going to share it with you today because it's inappropriate on what happened uh, to one of my friends during an earthquake. Uh, But basically, uh, anyway, uh, that's basically where I want to go to tonight on this. And uh, I I just want to say, say a prayer for everybody out there. Uh, Help out where you can. And we'll kill on finding that safety war for you. For safety wars, this is Jim Posel.